On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, they improved to 4-4 four and four and have won three games in a row, but they did so for the second time in three games without Joel Embiid. They look pretty good doing so. How do they figure this out? Looking much better when the big fellas back on the floor. We discuss it next right here at Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on. NBA. What's going on, Keith Pompey? What's up, bro? How you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Sixers pick up the W. So we have a lot to talk about, of course, as they improve to four and four on the season. But before we get started, again, welcome. You are all locked in on Locked On 76ers here. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for the inquirer.com here. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, uh, as we thought, they should go into Washington and take care of business. They did so with the final score, 118-111. No Joel Embiid for uh, the second time in three games. He did not play on Friday, the final game against the Toronto Raptors. He played in Chicago, hit the game winner, essentially, with that three-pointer to give them a three-point advantage. They won by five points. Took the night off tonight. He was ill, uh, non-COVID illness, out uh, last night against the Washington Wizards. But one thing that we have noticed is they play at a different style. P.J. Tucker got started at at the five. He just slid over to a new spot, De'Anthony Melton, into the starting role, starting lineup with no Joel Embiid. And Keith, again, they scored six players, scored in double figures. They play with a different type of pace, of course, when you don't have the big fella on the floor. And as you said, i give you the credit on this one, they need to figure out how to play and mix both styles of basketball when both Embiid is on the floor and when he's not on the floor, but do it when he is on the floor and they're all together to play in a similar way. They're 48 minutes. You can mix it all in. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Because when you look at Joel Embiid, I mean, not only is he the best player on the team, you know, he's a guy that they're not going to go far in the playoffs without him. And they need to incorporate it. And that was something that James Harden talked about after the game, that they need to, like, figure it out. Because, you know, when you look at it, it's one of those things where when he, like, it's one of those things where the ball handlers, Harden and Maxie, when Embiid's not in there, they can drive the lane, draw a guy, and kick it out. And that's how guys are getting open shots. But when he's in there, it's kind of like his clog in the middle up or whatever it is. The spacing just isn't as 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 free as it is without him. So that's something that they really have to figure out because, again, it's great that they got this win, but two of their wins basically came without him. And to me – that's good, but it's not really helping the Sixers. You know, long, big picture. It's good to get a win, but it's not helping them out big picture. I feel like they need to incorporate, they need to do that 
when he is on the floor with him? Well, to me, there's a lot that goes into it because he likes his touches. They like to run the offense through them as as through him as they should. And that's the catch 22. You have to find a, a good balance of it. And then there's also the conversation of when he is out there and he is on the perimeter. We often hear, why is he floating around the perimeter so much? Well, he's doing that too, because he wants to give, you know, they're, they're, they're putting this together that way to give him the space, give them the space to do exactly what you're talking about. So it's the inside out of it, a part of it. But when he is out on the perimeter, there's a lot of pushback of him not being on the low block because he's so dominant. But when he is on the perimeter, yes, he does take shots, but it is more to allow that that free space for those players to operate to your point to do just as you're talking about it, which is to go up there and perform the way that we have seen in these two games that he has not. So how do you figure it out? How do you do it? I, I really don't know the answer except for the sacrifice that we talk about early on in the season, Keith, before we got into the, the guts of the, the year starting from the off season to training camp and preseason. I remember us doing one of the conversations that we had was about sacrifice. And there's only so much that he can sacrifice because he is the head of the snake here with this offense and the ball does have to go to him. He does play in the mid, mid post. He does play with his back to the basket, but he also goes to the perimeter and screens and, and gets out of the way for them to do their work. Is he unselfish enough to let them get off where he is still going to score his 27 a night because he's going to get his work, but they're also going to give him the basketball uh, without him having to do much work because of their penetration and their, their committing to looking for him when they get to that, that lower block area, allowing for him to get, get the bucket. So what do you think? Well, how do you, I mean, they, they said that James Harden said to you that he has to figure it out, but what is it? How is it? When, when he is such a dominant player, such a dominant force and draws so much attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's one of those things where, um, I mean, like you said, they get the spacing, but I, I just think that they got to, he just, well, one thing that will help is uh, with, the, with the spacing, I think he might need to get a little bit more in better shape. You know what I mean? I mean, the pace, the pace to get up there. And also I, I think that they may just have to tweak things a little bit, like, you might not be able to run stuff through them like you used to all the time. It's kind of like now you have two explosive guards who needs the ball in their hands and create, and then they can kick it to them, dump down with them. You know what I mean? I, like, I just feel like, you know, when, when you run into things through him and don't get me wrong, it's not a knock against him, but when you got Harden and Maxi, it's kind of like you want those guys going hundred miles per hour and then you can dish the ball to them as opposed to going to him and you got a bunch of bodies, people like turning them over and then he's trying to get the ball out. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I just think that they just may just need to change up their style of play a little bit. I just want them to work smarter, not harder, where you don't have to work so hard to get the baskets that he does sometimes going through the double teams. He comes down, he feels like he's not getting enough touches and, and 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 just making sure that it's a little bit easier and they're not worried too much about that type of stuff. I know it's the NBA and we all look at that and we say everybody has to get their touches. You know, the egos are involved. Well, they they preach all these different things. 
And when he comes down to it and the opportunity is there, then yeah, the adjustments need to be made and the egos need to be put aside for this to, to happen. And that goes for the guards too. Uh, mainly James Harden I'm talking about. Tyrese Maxey just goes out there and just plays basketball. So I'm not really worried about him. It's really about Harden and Embiid and Doc Rivers figuring out the best way for them to play together to keep this type of success going. I mean, they win games the way that he plays also. When we look at 50-plus wins on a regular now, and, and that's nothing for us anymore, they have to figure out how to do both uh, when he's out on the floor and, of course, when he's not out there on the floor. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, listen, man, uh, you know, if, if they need help trying to figure all that out, I have the place for them to go, Keith. And that's the coaching staff, the players, uh, LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Now, that's a big business. It's a big deal. But you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And I think this basketball team does have that. But they felt like they need some more answers to help out in that way. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. So if you're a small business and you have you know free posts, free job posts on LinkedIn jobs, it's very easy to create that and add your job by po posting the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word once again that you're hired. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy for you to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Need to finish the year strong. We're already in the month of November, so you have about a good eight weeks to get this going, finding the right team member to help you do just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leaning competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Keith. The team, though, they have won three games in a row, man. They are, they're starting to get it together. They're hitting their stride at the right time, ending a four-game road trip, winning the last three, Toronto, Chicago, and Washington. And now they have three games at home with Washington on Wednesday, New York on Friday, and Phoenix next Monday. They're starting to get back into it. Looking at the standings after last night's game, they are in sixth place at 4-4. Four and four. They're not too far behind uh, being back in that that mix that we've been talking about them with all season. So uh, what has impressed you the most about these uh, this three-game winning streak that they've been on? Um, you know what? I, I would have to say Tyrese Maxey. I mean, I'm going to have to say that. Uh, you know, you look at it, uh, it, it's one of those things. He had 44 points to one night, right? 
Then the, the second night, you know, he did okay. Like, you know, he's yeah, yeah, 14 in that one. Yeah, yeah, 14, but he did okay. But I don't even think he got into foul trouble. But also, it looked like they just was going away from him. It was like it wasn't, you know, you would expect it, like, the the, the ball to find him. Now, he did get into foul trouble. But there was times where I felt like, it, I don't know, it, he just wasn't the guy. Like, they just didn't go to him. And, and then last night, he had 28 points. You know, 28 points on 12 for 22 shooting. So, he to me, great. he's been the most impressive guy. You know, he, he was great, man. I mean, he was only two for six for three. But going up against Chris Stapps, Porzingis in the paint, using the rim to protect and shield that shot blocker as he got into the painted area, the shots that he was able to get off the glass over the taller defenders. He he did a lot. Not only, Again, only made two threes. And in one pull-up that I remember specifically from about – the elbow area about 15 in driving stopping pulling up everything else was to the basket he was under control uh, they didn't really have a good opportunity of blocking the shots he he protected himself well of getting those shots off high off the glass scoop shots he did everything man using the speed and transition he has been tremendous 31 points in that loss to toronto the first time the 44 as you mentioned there in game two 14 foul trouble they didn't find him much against chicago and then the 28 last night to lead the team in scoring he has just been phenomenal and i think in over the last four games he's averaging about 28 points per game so he's been he's been on a great a great tear uh for me i think i'm going to look at the defensive uh improvements that they've made over the time that we talked about it where we were asking and calling for matisse Thybul. But not only with Matisse Thibault, but the increased level of play by De'Anthony Melton, who's also been in the lineup. And with them, those two out there together, they're very disruptive. While the steals may not add up in a big number on the stat sheet, they get a lot of deflections. We don't see those numbers. They they have been very, very uh, annoying for teams now on the perimeter, specifically with those two players out there, P.J. Tucker, and I even have to give credit, of course, to Tobias Harris. He had a big defensive play against Bradley Beal along the sideline in front of the team's bench where he got a steal and he looked the look ahead to Tyrese Maxey to, again, finish in transition, put the body con- contact in play, and then lay the basketball up. They, they have picked that up, their defense up, in a big way. I know they gave up 111 points, but that's pretty much the normal. We're looking at around 107 in the NBA anyway, and the Washington Wizards like to run, just like the San Antonio Spurs, the the Indiana Pacers, those teams that we've seen out there so far, their defense, in my opinion, has picked up, Keith, over these last couple of games. And But you know what? That's something else because if I would say now, of course, James Harden is the man, right? But but I would say something else that impressed me was the the, the, the reserve, the bench. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that that goes with Melton and and uh, and also uh, Matisse Thybul, George Niang, um, even Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, 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 they all been playing well too. So, I mean, I think that, and like you said, you know, they put Matisse in there, and then you have Melton out there. That perimeter defense isn't as bad as it used to be because and then you look at Tobias. Yeah, Tobias guarded Bill at time, but he doesn't have as tough assignments as he used to have now again he was on bill on that play which is a tough one but for the most part we don't see him chasing around wings for the most part anymore so i think the bench insert matisse and then also shake has been out there 
he hasn't looked bad, you know. So I, I would say the bench has been the um, the biggest, the second biggest improvement. Now again, I know what James can do, so I'm not surprised with James. But the way the bench looked the first two games or first four games to the way they looked the last three are completely different. No, they they do. And even last night against the Washington Wizards, it was twenty to twenty. But you got. Uh, as as uh, Anthony Melton started, you were still able to get 12 from George Niang. He had four threes. Montrez Harrell bringing his energy as always. He had seven points in there. He had a block shot. We often talk about his defense not being a factor in the game. He had a block shot that that uh, helped him out in defensively any anyway. So yeah, you're right, man. They the defense has, has stepped up in a big way, and the bench is a big part of that because of what Melton does when he is coming off the bench. Thibault, of course. Daniel House getting getting his hands in there, getting dirty also. And everybody just buying in and digging in, knowing that the defense is going to have to be a big part of their success going forward. So uh, both of them uh, surely showing up right now in these last few games, winning their last three, no doubt, and improving to now four and four on this season where they've played these eight games. Next up, the Washington Wizards again on Wednesday back here in Philadelphia. Keith, we got to talk about uh, the uh, the team in general get popped. Finally, we have a, a resolution to the uh, the investigation of, with the NBA from the offseason. We'll tell everybody what that is when we get back. It's kind of bogus, my opinion, uh, when we get back right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back. You are locked on 76ers. Keep on peg, Devon Givens. We are with you here. And we're talking about the Sixers winning their last three games, improving to four and four, finding their stride yet again. Uh, but the, the players that have helped them do that, P.J. Tucker, Anthony Melton, Montrez Harrell, Daniel House that we talked about, it's really about P.J. Tucker, James Harden in a sense, but mainly the P.J. Tucker part, Keith. And we finally have a ruling on the investigation that the league was putting on based on all of the activity from the Sixers early on, even your reporting, the great reporting that you did and finding about PJ Tucker early on in the free agent process, right around the draft. And they were hit with a fine of two second round picks. That was their, that was what the NFL decided to do. Go with two second round picks, take away the 2023 and 2024 second round picks is that right, Keith? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty-three and twenty twenty-four. Yep, that's yeah. it. The second round picks. Yeah. So here's where I I have a problem with it. Like I said, then they all do it. They're thirty teams. You can't tell me not one of them do the exact same thing. Yeah. Are, are you going to find every every you going to take away draft picks from every team that does this uh, because they all do yeah. it? And we know they do it. Yeah, but here's the thing. They all do it, but, like, sometimes you it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, dude. It's, it's kind of saying, I, I get where you're coming from, 
but it's like it's 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 kind of say like you did something like little as a little kid you did something uh like bad or whatever but but you didn't get caught the other somebody got caught and they had to get in trouble in school or something you know what i mean like i I get where you're coming from but i also think that sometimes it was it was it was a little sloppy though like just getting it out there like it just was and 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 i just think that they just got caught now again everyone does it but i I just think that it was just sloppy and then also you got to realize it comes down to people and i'm not saying snitches but there are certain teams that like (laughs) were impacted by this and they might have been pushing hard for it but i get what you're saying but like even the let's keep it 100 even the fine is bogus like what you say is everybody might as well keep doing it because of all you're going to do is get hit with two second round picks who cares yeah, like i mean that's bogus i mean now the, the problem is the sixers don't have any draft picks for a while now right <laughs> but 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 at the same time like we're talking about daryl moore a guy who doesn't really like like draft picks he just likes getting rid of them and getting free agents and stuff like that so i don't know it's like the, the crime is bogus and the fine is bogus. It's kind of like a, a, a slap on the wrist, if you ask me a little bit. You know what I mean? But It really was. It really was. And they had to try to make an example out of someone. But this isn't the first time that we've seen this where someone has been, in fact, stripped of a second-round pick because of some tampering rules that may have happened in the offseason, uh, may have happened even during the season where they got hit for something. And I and I, I I hear you. And again, someone has to be made the example of when this goes down. But this has been going on forever. And uh, while they may have been sloppy, it's no sloppier than any other team that has been sloppy with this type of thing. That and and that's that's how I look at it. That's how I read things. And I I understand it's not part of the rules and allowed, but everyone does it. And yeah, is everyone going to go and? Are you going to go and shave your head, right? Because everybody else does it. No, you're not. But this is something that's rampant in the NBA. And until they figure something out to put in the collective bargaining agreement, it's like, come on, you know, come on, stop. I don't know, dude. It's like, I hate to say it, D. You got caught. Like, you know, I'm not trying to, like, make excuse, like, it's kind of saying like, yo, oh, well, and I didn't do this because I wasn't one of those kids, but it's like somebody saying, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I I stole a little piece of candy. Oh, but everybody steals such a teacher's candy. Well, you got caught, bruh. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, you know, I, I looked and, and, and I, uh, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just, to me, it's just, they just got caught, dude. They wanted the teams that got caught. And the thing about it, is, let's keep it one. Like last year, the year before that was the it was not university. It was Miami, and it was another team. So they have been trying to get these people. Yeah, for um for Kyle Lowry, huh? Miami Kyle Lowry, and I think it was uh, Lonzo Ball for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So. Is happening, but again, it's these second round picks. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, this it, it's it's weird to me because you could even go back and say, 
where there was conversation. You remember when I got off on a whole tangent about are you, are you going to go and look at the conversations James Harden wanted to get out of Brooklyn and go to Philadelphia? You know what I'm saying? So, and and then him saying he wanted to be here. But again, D, I, I hate to say it, is a rule, man. Like everybody does it, but like, we got to be real. Everybody does it, but some people are more smoother with their stuff. You know what I mean? It's like you just can't be sloppy. Like the big part is. You can't have a dude, everybody around the league knowing the dude going to get three years, $30 million, but you don't have $30 million available. You That's the problem. You understand? It's like, that's the problem. And what happens is, you're right. It's like everyone does it, but the thing about it is it was out there. I mean, it was, everybody knew about it in the league. That was like the worst cup secret. So then all of a sudden, everybody knew Harden was going to take less money. But then they made it seem like they were, it made it seem like it was a negotiation. So I feel like you're right. Everybody does it. But it was just sloppy. Okay. You know I mean? huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to change how I feel. Yeah, of course. It shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't. But I just think that, you know, you just can't be sloppy. Fair enough. Well, I don't think we're sloppy on this podcast. I think we uh, make sure that we're not sloppy and we're tight. We tighten things up on here. And <laughs> so with that, we make sure we thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, can you let the folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. And when you go to the Locked On 76ers podcast on the YouTube, make sure that you click on the Liberty Bell. You click on the Liberty Bell, and then next thing you know, you become a subscriber. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow uh, D at um, DivineG975. You can follow me at Pompeii on Sixers. You can also go to the Divine, Divine Giving Show. Tonight, D is going to be on, on the air, 97.5 FM, um, from 10.30 to midnight. You can also read me in the Philadelphia Inquirer, inquirer.com, and um, get your Sixers news. Make sure you get in there. It's always good coverage, and there are a lot of games, so Keith is going to have you guys all squared away throughout the whole season. Listen, man, always good to catch up. We'll tap in tomorrow as we get ready for game number two against Washington on Wednesday. Thanks, man. Thank you. Peace.